Welcome to Missions Now, a podcast about anything and everything missions through the eyes of the missionary. We're back again with Pastor Isaac Wabomba, Calvary Chapel in Tebe, Uganda. Today, Isaac will share his views on the spiritual state of the country of Uganda and also some of the challenges that come with pastoring a church in a place where bad doctrine and false teaching run rampant. So, enjoy. So, Pastor Isaac, from your vantage point where you sit in in Tebe, how would you describe the spiritual state of the people of Uganda? In Uganda, I know uh, the Anglican Church and the Catholic Church at large uh, uh, have covered most of the parts of the country. And so people for a long time had assumed they are Christians. Because of that, sure, yeah, yeah. because we have uh, very few Muslims and a few uh, non-Christian and non-Muslim people, or they, I would call them the pagans or the the, the Hindus or yeah. the Buddhists or something like that. But then, uh, when uh, the born again revival came, that's when we now began to define who is a real Christian. A real Christian is born again, and yeah. so um, I would say that people uh, in Uganda want to embrace the word but there is this the confusion that has come in with the pentecostal setting okay. is what you know messes up the whole christian bit of it you find that someone will, will think they're actually believers but actually when they are actually not believers because of the so-called false prophets and false teachers mm. who have brought in the prosperity gospel oh, and okay. then yeah. they are messed sure. up the real revival that is supposed to be for the born again and bring life to Christ. So people are in church not because they want to really go to heaven, but most people will find that they're in church because they want to receive something. They yeah. want the Lord to bless them. That's what they believe. I will go to church, I'll be blessed, I want to have a car, I want to have, you know, all that. I believe the Lord can do all that, but it's not the purpose why we're in church. Right, sure. Because we are teaching as Calvary Chapel that, you know, come here and seek the Lord. You know, seek first the kingdom. Just what Jesus tells us. Seek first. And so the false teachers and false prophets don't do that. And so people who love quick things automatically massively end up in those churches. Mm. So you'll find that they turn up in big numbers, stay in those churches in the name of thinking that the longer I pray, or if I give a lot of money to God, then God will give me what I want. So they have this, that, that mentality. So as Calvary Chapel, in fact, as a church, we are fighting that and we are saying, no, that's not the right teaching. Mm. We need the word to go to the people. People understand the truth. And so we are pushing for a Calvary Chapel in every parish as Calvary Chapel East Africa Association. We want a Calvary Chapel in every parish and that will help teach the people. So I would say that the spiritual state is somehow affected in some way by the false uh, teachers and the false prophets, mostly from, somehow have come, of course, from the states here, sure. and some from the West African countries like Nigeria and Ghana. They have all ended up at our side, and they are trying to you know, involve people in these yeah. false miracles, false, all these things. Now, has that spread throughout a lot of the country, that the prosperity gospel? It is mainly in the city centers. Okay. When you go to the main cities, like now Kampala, uh, big, big towns, you'll find that these, these people position themselves in towns because they always will teach a gospel that they have been sent to the city. They don't have 
this calling for the village. And so they believe they have been called to teach in the city. And so they come and deceive people in the city and, you know, dupe them. We have people even who, who supply, you know, who give people uh, drinks like take a soda. It, is, it, is, it has the spirit of God. It's anointed. You'll oh, get yeah. well. Sure. You know, buy a cloth, buy a pineapple, you know, you know buy hanky, you know, buy this dress, it, you know, buy rice. There is what we call holy rice in Uganda today. Yeah. And so if you buy it. Holy rice. Yeah, holy rice. And uh. to buy that holy rice, you are going to part with maybe, you know, $30, I mean $30 to buy one kilo of rice. Yet locally, one kilo of rice goes for $1. Wow. But this pastor or this false teacher or this false prophet is going to sell one kilo at $30. And people stupidly go and buy it. Because they don't, they believe that what the, the so-called man of God is saying is true. Yeah. We have those who just go down and even begin worshiping people. There's one anointed, so-called anointed man of God, we, who people call man of God, and they go even kiss his shoes. They kneel down, kiss his shoes, you know, do ev- all sorts of things because they believe that w- People must respect the anointing of the man of God. And so all these uh, wrong motives and mentalities have gone round. And so we have a role to play as a church to make sure people understand. And so at our church, because of the the teaching that we do, those who come and learn what we teach, they never leave. They never leave because they will stay. We don't force people to give money in the church. We don't harass people to give money. We don't... We don't do all those things that people want to do. We don't promise them that when you come to Christ, life is going to be okay. No. Yeah. We tell them, fine, when you come to Christ, you are sure of your life. It's saved. You'll go to heaven. But there are also challenges that will come along the way. Sure. But the yeah. Lord enables you to go through that. Yeah. So, whereas others are teaching, the life of Christianity is supposed to be milk and honey. We are saying, no, it's not that. Yeah. yeah so, there's that kind of mix right now. <sighs> so, they don't see jesus as the savior for sins they, yeah. want, they want him as the savior for their circumstances exactly yeah. he's a savior of circumstances and then there are those who believe they once they're born again they're above certain standards for example mm. once i'm born again and i believe to christ i can't board i, I can't ride on a motorcycle oh. anymore mm. my class has gone high i can't go shop uh, downtown sure. yeah i can't eat this kind of food you know, I can't hold coins or any money in the form of, I can't put dollar, uh, one dollar uh, notes in my pocket. You know, I'm beyond that. I want to be only holding a hundred bills. <laughs> mm. So those, those, those are the mentalities that people have. They begin to separate themselves from exactly, the other people. from other well. people. They mm. think, then they put spiritual hierarchy. Yeah. Yeah, the spiritual hierarchy issue also, where they think this one is highly anointed, and so he's more spiritual than this other person. So why do you think people who, who maybe have, have been going to churches, these Anglican churches or Catholic churches, why do you think that they uh, believe these false teachers? What, what's the, is there a problem with their, exactly. their knowledge? It's poverty. One is poverty because they have needs. They have needs. And so when they fall victim of these false teachers who present false miracles because first of all they will watch on TV yeah. they will put their false miracles on TV someone will come and testify I went to so and so he prayed for me and I was able to get this he, I went so and so he prayed for me I got a car I got a job I bought land I did this 
And so those who have been fronted to give those testimonies, of course, they are from those churches. And then now the masses who don't know flock into that church. And then when they go there, that's what they're expecting. And when they reach there, they will tell them, for you to get this, you have to give this amount of money. Yeah. You prayed for And so they go with envelopes full of money and then they will give that envelope. And then there's, there's the so-called pastor will pray or whoever is there will pray. And if the one who has given doesn't see, of course, anything, then he or she will run to another church. But mm. of course, in the end, there will be nothing. Sure. Yeah, because yeah. these people just use it as a target to gain what they want to gain yeah. from the people. So, so the, they are desperate. They have needs, especially the women have needs. They, they, need, they need the husbands. They run there. They need a job. They run there. They need help for their family. They need the, so all that desperacy leads them to, into the yeah. wrong hands. Would you say that there is a lack of, uh, of Bible knowledge or Bible that understanding? That is another level of, I mean, another aspect in, in their lives. Lack of knowledge. That's the truth. Lack of knowledge is also true because most of them have been in these churches from childhood up to when yeah. they've grown. So they can't understand what the truth is. And it's so funny that some churches even don't allow believers to carry Bibles. So it's wow. only the one wow. teaching yeah. who has the Bible. So whatever word he speaks, whether it's biblical or not, whether it's a true spiritual statement or not, people just believe it. Yeah, they and have so, no way to judge. Yeah, so they yeah. have no right to, 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 to judge or to tell what is good and what's wrong. So when the people come to our church, what we do is that there are Bibles at the entrance. It's a must. If you arrive and we see you know Bible, the ushers automatically hand you a Bible. Yeah. And you have, we have to ask you which language you can read. If yeah. you can read a local language, we give you a local language Bible. If you can read English, we give you an English Bible. We want you to read, follow what the teacher is teaching, and be able to understand for yourself. And so people get to learn scripture more when they are following up what you're doing. So most of these false teachers and prophets, they don't allow people to carry Bibles. They'll always keep them busy in the so-called anointing, in the yeah. so-called laying of hands, in the so-called prayer, and then people fall down and do all those things all the time. All the time, what he's seeing in them is a spirit. There is an evil spirit on your head. Then another side, he's saying someone, you are going to go to America tomorrow. I see it happening. I want to pray over you. No teaching of the word, but just speaking those things. You, your neighbor is, is bewitching you. I see it coming to you. I need to pray for you. And so all that is what fills people's hearts. So they've set themselves up in such a way where they're, they're really, you cannot challenge them, it seems like, for your average person. right? They separate themselves. Exactly. The other people are below them. Yes, yes, yes. They have no access to Bibles themselves no. or, or they forbid it. So mm -hmm. there's no way for anyone to challenge yeah, no one or come can against challenge anything. Them, yeah. Yeah. No one can challenge them. So they make them to believe they're the right people. Some of them, even when they enter the church like so, they want believers to begin worshiping the man of God has arrived. They begin, you know, speaking in tongues and, you know, like so-called worshiping and praying until when he reaches the pulpit. Yeah. So, so you, you would say one of the big needs for the, the people there is to, to be genuinely taught God's word. One, yeah, taught God's word. Taught God's word in a genuine way and have even the pastors trained in that. We believe as Calvary Chapel and Tebe that we, we train somebody and send him out to go and teach in a church. But now, most of the pastors in those so-called churches, 
have not been trained. They were, they were belonging to maybe a Pentecostal church before. And then the moment he also gained the language of the senior pastor, how sure. he speaks, yeah. how yeah. he dresses, how he teaches, he jumps out of the church and then goes and says, I'm also beginning a church. And then he continues the same way. One, somebody was calling me, I think a month ago, and telling me, Pastor Isaac, uh, there is a friend of mine, he left his church, and then he went and began a church somewhere in the city, but the church seems to be not doing well, and now he's calling, he's looking for someone to take over the church. Yeah. So I, I told her, we don't do things like that. For us, when we are sending out a pastor, he comes from us, we have trained him, qualified and find him qualifying to teach, yeah. then we send him out. So I don't come and be part of a church which has somebody who calls himself a pastor who I don't know, and we don't do things like that. Yeah. So why this young man was not commissioned, some of them go, even when they are just having issues with their, their leaders, go say, I'm planning a church. And I do my own thing. They do my own yeah. things, and then they have no knowledge of how to do them, and then they go try things the hard way or the wrong way, and then they fail. So lack of training. And I'm happy that the government is now emphasizing that in one way or another, they are going to pass a law in our country to train. You must train. To okay. me, that is a good advantage. For you to be a pastor, you must train. You must train. And that yeah. is going to help us uh, uh, have all these fake people sorted out and maybe yeah. have the genuine ones be able to, to operate. So within that context, then, what are some of the challenges for you pastoring a church in Uganda? Do you get people in your church who have been grown up in these other churches and you now have to reteach them? Or what are some of the difficult parts about pastoring your church? One uh, is, uh, you know, people, when they come from different churches, of course, they will come to a church and they would want you to lay hands on them all the time. Sure. That has been one of the, the biggest things I've seen. Praying with them is okay. I can lay hands on them and yeah, pray. Absolutely. But then I'm not going to do that in the middle of the service. I'm not <laughs> going to do that all the right. time. Yeah. Because I have to teach the word first. Then you understand. Though we have special prayer sessions, but they would expect that to happen. So when you don't do that, they would think, hmm, is this church genuine? Because that's what they're used to. Every Sunday, the pastor goes up the pulpit, speaks for 10 minutes, then begins laying hands, people oh. begin barking, people begin shouting, yeah. and then the service is done. Yeah. So when they come to our church, they know we are very organized, we will do things in, a, in some order, and then when we reach a certain point, we pray, and then if you, if during the course of the week where we have the counseling and, and meeting the pastors and getting to, to talk to them, then they will do the, the prayer for you. And so we have sometimes when we do that. So one challenge is they want things to be done that way. Yeah. Which is not right. Then, of course, there are those who just think what we do as Calvary is not the right way. They would want us to do the way they do things. Sure. Which we cannot. And then we have people who come like to, to church, but of course also expecting the church to give them a lot. For example, now when people walk into our church compound, they would expect a lot of things. Maybe money, maybe yeah. something which we do not give. For us, we don't give you money. We will not show you money. Well, we hope you meet your needs because we, we have a mercy ministry that we run. Every week we have to allocate some money towards uh, people who are in need. But then when you walk in, I want to show you Christ first. Yeah. And so the biggest challenge I have is when someone comes, instead of focusing on 
Christ, they want to see you meet their need first. Yeah. And so it has been a challenge that when you try to do that, someone who is not patient, who doesn't have that understanding, automatically will walk away thinking, ah, I came here, I thought they are going, I'm going to tell them my problem, and then they solve it. But then I'm saying, okay, before I solve your problem, there is a man Christ. Understand him because he also solves my problems. Yeah. He's the one who helps me to help you. So if I don't know him, then I don't know nothing. So I don't want you to depend on me, but I want you to depend on Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And so that is another issue. So teaching people to know that they have to trust God, not mm. me. I am a pastor. I yeah. pray with them, but I want them to trust God because so that without me, they can pray. Without me, they can go to church because they worship God, not human beings. So there is that because most people who come from churches, they so much depend on pastors for prayer. They so much yeah. depend on pastors for needs and all that. And so then the unhealthy dependencies that people who just sit there and entirely know that every problem have to go to church. So at the end of the day, we are overwhelmed. As a pastor, you're overwhelmed with problems yeah. because you are trying to say, okay, we want to do this and that. You have to raise funds and do this project or do this outreach, but people still run. So you find that in our, our area, like where I am, everyone knows if you are stuck, if you have a problem, if you are sick and you have no money, Calvary Chapel and Heaven. Mm, they walk yeah. in, including patients from big hospitals. They will come with their big wounds, their swollen legs, uh, maybe with tubes in their abdomen, walk into a compound, and when you look at them, you just can't stand it. And so you'll have to find a way sure, of looking for sure. money. Some who are struck, I mean, stranded to go um, uh, maybe across the lake to, to because we are near the lake where there is a, a, a landing site, and so they may miss out on, 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 on going across the lake they have they want where to sleep they walk into Calvary yeah. so those are the, the, the needs we, 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 we encounter in people's lives every day yeah. and those are the challenges that come and so the challenge is we don't have these resources people come but we don't have them and so when you tell them about Christ and you say you pray of course Christ will want us to pray and give we give what we have sometimes we don't enough but we try and so there are many needs out there but it's just overwhelming that's what I say. Overwhelming needs of the people. Yeah. And sustaining uh, the staff who, who work. Again, that has been a challenge because keeping the staff in unity, working and trusting the Lord at the same time because their staff in our, in our ministry, it is not easy to have staff who come to volunteer. Every staff will come. Someone will come and say, Pastor, I want to volunteer. Yeah. But then a week down the road, he'll, then he comes, Pastor, you know what? I don't have money for rent. Yeah, sure. Then you say, okay, here is this for, for rent for this month. Then the next month it becomes the same. Yeah, so yeah. eventually it becomes a job. So we right. have a challenge of people <laughs> not having a heart to volunteer with the church. Yet we don't have money to hire everybody. I'll volunteer now if you can pay me later. <laughs> yes, you yeah, see, that's sure. it. So yeah. that's what we are trying to So We are trying to teach people how to do that. Then people giving, especially now our church being like a missionary founded church, People were used to just receiving things. Yeah. Giving in church was never their thing. Owning the needs of the church was never their thing. If something broke down, say sound system or anything, telling them that we want to buy a new set is never their thing. So that's the, the challenge I found and I've been cultivating their hearts and I've told them no one is going to buy for you anything here. We have to buy them ourselves. So we have to raise funds we have to get a blessing that other people get when they give to us. So let's also raise money and also share with other people 
even giving our own uh, children, paying for their own needs as a church and helping even our church plants and even other churches that we even don't know. So yeah. that's the ownership I want them to have, which yeah. is still a big struggle, but I know at some point we are going to reach there. Now, all of these ministries and, and these things that you do and the things that you give away, you, you always share the gospel as well. Is that correct? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. There's nothing we give out without the gospel. The medication, the education, all these vocational training programs, we do them, but the Bible is a, is a target. We do the sports activities, like we do football with yeah. the youth in the community, with the, with the ladies and the, and the boys. But the first thing is a gospel. Because if we don't have the gospel preached, then we are not doing anything. Because our target is all these are baits. I set a bait through football. I set a bait through netball, through volleyball, basketball. I set a bait through medical or medicine. I set a bait through vocational skills. Yeah. I set a bait through primary school teaching. I set a bait through the cafe. And then I'm like, I said a bit when I go to hospital, I'm like, okay, here are the things. Come and be part of this. Then yeah. when you come, I capture you. <laughs> the gospel is You laid the trap. Yes, you laid the trap. Yes. So those are all avenues of us just having them. All right, we're out of time again here with Pastor Isaac. Uh, we'll, he'll be on again and, and we'll get to hear more of his story. Thank right. you, Isaac. Thank you. Thanks again for listening. Pastor Isaac's going to be joining us for, for one more episode. But as always, if you enjoyed, tell a friend, feel free to share. 